0: Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Just Browsing. Matthew, along with Zach today, and uh, we're going to bring you a football podcast. Not a fantasy football podcast.
1: Because we swore we wouldn't do that.
0: But we're going to call this one an NFL preview. Um, my take on it is we have two weeks of the NFL regular season to go off of so we can kind of get a better understanding of where the league is headed with current injuries and uh kind of using these two games as a preseason with the starters so yeah it's just gonna be a quick little you know preview of what's happened and w- where we both might think the league is gonna go and then the rest of the season and yeah we're gonna shoot the shit on some football yeah yeah um we
1: it's been a couple weeks so it's good to be back um we were having some trouble deciding what topic to choose and finally we were just because i think what happens a lot of times is both of us end up with this like lack of effort in terms of wanting to research anything so it's like what should we do And you like throw out a couple topics and like yeah well i'm gonna have to research that a little bit And like we should do something else where we don't have to do any research so i think that's kind of kind of how we landed on uh just doing an nfl check-in because the season has started i know we did a couple of Episodes about football right before the season, and our, you know, excitement for the season was very palpable. And now we're two weeks in. So there's, we got some games under our belts. Uh, we kind of know the
0: Broncos are undefeated.
1: We're winning the Super Bowl, baby. We, the Broncos are undefeated. We know what some of the good teams are. We know what some of the bad teams are, some of the standout players, that sort of stuff. So we figured we'd just, um, cover a little bit of the NFL two weeks in. So, um, do you want to start with week one and take it back to that? Just recap yeah, some mean, of the scores from I mean, week I'm one, or do you want to go over the standings, or how do you want to start?
0: Um, I'm not going to go through all the scores, just because I think that gets a little boring and tedious, what people can look up. But I will say, the league got off to a hot start with the Buccaneers-Cowboys to open the season on yeah, Thursday night. That first Thursday night game That was, was a crazy. thriller to watch. That was a fun game to watch, which I'm not going to lie, I didn't expect the Cowboys to be in that game at all. So
1: You know what my biggest takeaway from that game was? Was that... Dak Prescott. Is back. Dak did not miss a fucking beat.
0: You know what my biggest takeaway from that game was is Tom Brady and Dak Prescott. I'm pretty sure combined for over 900 yards passing in the yeah. first game of the NFL season.
1: Yeah, I just did not expect. Like, I'm I'm not like a huge Dak Prescott fan, but I do like him, and I don't I don't wish any ill will against him. And that injury that he's he suffered last year, especially, what was it like? four games in or five yeah, games it, it in. Yeah, it was early in the season. Especially after starting at, like, this literally MVP-level, just astronomical pace, to have such a devastating injury and have his season totally ruined. It was concerning to me. When you see injuries like that, you're like, is this guy ever going to come back how, and yeah, be how, same? how will he come back? Yeah, and so I was I was expecting, like, a little bit of rustiness to start the season, and there was just none of that.
0: <laughs> no. Or I mean, there, there might have been a little was, bit, but – I mean, if there was, it was going to be from both teams On in terms of this is the first time they've actually – most of the starters actually have played football in, you know, a year for the Buccaneers, six months. But, you know, so, yeah, I was – I mean, I was just surprised looking at that. I thought the Buccaneers' defense was going to be, you know – all over him because I would have relied heavily on Elliot to run the ball all the time and they didn't and they, and they didn't they yeah. literally threw the ball like 60 times i feel so, like so
1: i was going to say just his stat line real quick in that first that opening thursday night game he goes he throws the ball 58 times completes 42 of those passes for 403 yards three touchdowns and one interception for a 101.4 quarterback rating that's pretty insane coming off of being this has basically been like a year or more or less since he's played football I mean, it's basically like he did not miss a beat no. from the pace he was at for those first few games well, I will year, say it was a leg remarkable. injury,
0: so that as, in terms of quarterback play, I can understand him coming back a little bit better. But, yeah, I still was surprised. I, I was thinking maybe 250, a couple touchdowns at yeah. most. Yeah, that's kind of what I was expecting. Not all of us and sitting on the edge of the couch going, this game,
1: Yeah, well, yeah. what's happening? Yeah, yeah. Well, and the crazy thing is, too, in that game – They threw the ball 58 times. They only rushed it 18. Ezekiel Elliott only had 11 carries. I
0: know. He's on my fantasy team.
1: So that's something that Chuck has brought up to me a couple times because we've been watching quite a few games together so far through through the first two weeks. And he's like, for them to be paying that guy that much money and him to get 11 carries in the game, that's just – I mean, if I was a fan of the Cowboys, I would be like – what that money could have been spread you know I mean? out amongst yeah.
0: defenders because their defense is what hurts more than their offense. Exactly. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, would be upset if I was a fan of the Cowboys. Like, what's either we need to pay this guy less
0: or like give him the football and make him earn his fucking money? You know what I mean? I mean, let's let's be like the way I like to look at it is the every down back in the NFL is going away. Right. You're, yeah. It's very hard to find a three down back that can just do everything. Pretty I mean, much every team has at least two guys, right? There, right? There's running yeah. backs out there that can do everything. I'm mm-hmm. not saying those guys don't exist anymore. I'm saying if you want the the career of those guys to, you know, span out more than 10 years, you got to have someone else in there to yeah. take half the carries every day because yeah. you can't, you know, Derrick Henry is one of the only running backs out there that I think could average 30 carries a game and stay healthy. But I just think there's no other running backs out there built like Derrick Henry and that's, that's why that's true, yeah. they can't you know, do that. Alvin Kamara, I think, is a great running back, but I don't think he's the greatest in a short down situation type thing. That's why they had great success with Mark Ingram and Latavius Murray is because they'd get the ball, they'd bust in for a hard two yards, but that takes a toll on them. You know, so yeah, running the ball eleven times though is someone what, what's his contract? He's probably making $20 million. I would. His contract I is insane.
1: I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but they're paying him an insane amount of money. So, yeah, I would to, agree. To I, have him run the ball 11 times. I would so
0: say minimum point. every game he should touch the ball 15-plus times. Yeah, minimum. You, you would think. But, and even this past week, and Tony Pollard was their leading rusher. I know. So that's a, Elliot, Elliot had more touches, yeah. but Pollard ran the ball better, or yeah. he had the bigger runs. And
1: if you watch that game, too, in key, key situations, Pollard's getting the ball. Not Zeke Elliott. Right. And that's why that's what I was saying. Like we we were watching and Chuck would just every time that happens, he'd he'd hit me and be like, Look, look who's look who's running the ball. Look who's not running the ball. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't know. I, I would not be happy if I was a Cowboys fan. I think that's like I mean, part of my I have not like a lot of disdain for Ezekiel Elliott, but I have a little bit. I just think in his mind, he's like the best running back in the league, and it's like, bro, you're getting paid like ninety fucking million dollars, and you ran the ball eleven times. I wouldn't I mean? say. I, I don't know.
0: I wouldn't say he's the best running back in the league. As far as, I wouldn't take him first overall if I'm drafting a running back. Der- me Derrick Henry he's, hands down is the best me, running back. Right
1: Zeke's now. not even in my. If I'm drafting a running back, he's not even in my like top five considerations. I'm. I'm. I, there's several other guys that I would rather go after than him before yeah. I get to him. In years past, that was maybe a different story. Maybe two, three years ago, that was a different story. But I just think, but two, Zeke three years ago, today, the Cowboys' like, O line
0: was the best in the league. Like people, like right. never, never seen an O line this well, good, this dominant. Well, and that's and why he dominant.
1: was just, he was blowing right. it up. He was dominating the league. That's but, not the case anymore, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the running back position we're going to slowly start to see these mega contracts go away. And I yeah. think you kind of saw that with like Le'Veon Bell. That was he yeah. was in every yeah. down back, and now he's on a practice squad in Baltimore. Yeah. I didn't think he was that old. I don't think he's gone through that many injuries, you know, but all of a sudden he's just gone. Just irrelevant. He's just irrelevant in the league. And they had like six injuries and he's still in the practice squad. It's one of those things. It's like, you know, these guys want all this money, but like Saquon Barkley, you know, he had an ACL tear. You just, you know, the running back position is so hard to pay so much money for, in my opinion, because if they tear their ACL, they might not be the same.
1: Yeah. And a lot of them aren't. Well, and I think, that's a good point that you raise these gigantic contracts that we have been seeing in the last 5 to 10 years getting handed out to running backs. I don't blame the running backs at all for working with their agent to negotiate with the team to make no, oh no. just every last penny they can from the franchise cuz it's smart cuz they all know just like we know that their that position has the shortest It's like a 10-year life span in the, in in the NFL. NFL. It's just those the and especially the window to be top level running back right not just like, like five leagues. it's very very short like yeah. you have this tiny sliver of time where you're going to be the top guy or one of the top guys and get a chance to get a contract for four or five years that's 90 million dollars or whatever and you need to get that when you can because then like we were just saying if you have an acl tear or you break an ankle or whatever and you come back and you're not the same the next year at least you have your money right but on the flip side, if you're the organization, if I'm the organization negotiating with one of those guys, I'm not willing to give a running back that much money over a long time horizon.
0: I would like to I'm see, just like, not. I know there's injury clauses No matter how there. good they
1: are, because right. I, I just think it's so short-lived. Like, the odds are better that the guy's going to, either his production is going to decrease dramatically, or he's going to get injured, which is going to lead to a... Dramatic right. decrease in production.
0: Well, like, so this might be a controversial statement in terms of how people will, you know, understand what I'm trying to say. When I say people should be paid by performance, you know, people are paid by performance, technically speaking, but you get a four-year contract, right, for 100000000 million. We'll just say four years, $100 mil. That's $25 mil a year if you were to just split it, no bonuses, whatever. Right. My opinion is you should be paid for your previous year's work, year at a time. So if I sign you to a four-year contract, I would sign you to a four-year contract, and I would say up to 100 mil. And in that, I'm saying you get hurt year two and you don't play, you're going to make a minimum based on, like, an injury clause that would be inserted into the contract, you know, somewhere saying, you know, you're guaranteed five mil every year, even if you're injured. But then I would also say, you know, if you hit this mark, you hit this mark, you hit this mark, you hit this mark, shit, one year you could make 55 mil Yeah, because you literally hit every single yeah. thing. There's like a, a max certain. you can hit. right? Yeah. But if you don't hit any of those and you're just like, say you're Von Miller and you have two sacks in the year, but you play all 16 games in the old season length, I'm paying you three mil. I'm right. not paying you 28 million right. or whatever he's making. I'm like, listen, completely. You did, yeah, you did not achieve what you were supposed to achieve. Yeah. So I'm paying you based on what you gave us.
1: Yeah. Well, and it. it I, yeah, I think I completely agree. And this is why I think. And just a real quick side tangent: you see these things in you see these type of contracts in baseball a lot more than football. But like, I don't understand the whole guaranteed money for over this gigantic time horizon thing, like. Some of the baseball contracts are like 10 years, $300 million. Right. It's like, how can you, even if a guy is 22, right? Super young, in the prime of his career, he's dominating. Let's say he's like Mike Trout level. He's just dominating the league, whatever. You're going to pay him $300 million and you're expecting the level of production that he's doing now to keep up when he's 32? Right. How can anyone predict that? And Dang how are can't. they handing out guaranteed money it doesn't like like you said it should not be guaranteed it should be like you can make a maximum of 300 million dollars if you're still hitting right 38 home runs a year and however many RBIs that you're hitting now in 10 years but if you're hitting 10 home runs and sp- 20 RBIs, then you're not making that much money in year I 10. Mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, And those fucking guys never last the 10-year contract. No, oh no. like they always end up their, – their level of production decreases dramatically within three to four years and they're getting traded away and some other team has to take on the burden of that gigantic fucking contract I mean, they, they signed. Just, I mean, I think like, – I don't understand the rationale on the – on. I understand the rationale from the side of the player because it's like, yeah, if, if right, a Give team's me all gonna, the money
0: early on. Yeah, if a team's going to give
1: you the money – Absolutely. Why would you not take that? And you're, you're protecting yourself because if you do get hurt, you're like, I'm not worried. I got all this money in the bank. I can fucking well, and retire and it doesn't matter. But if baseball, you're the organization, money's it's guaranteed. like... I know. If you're the organization, it's like, why would you do that? It doesn't seem like it makes any sense. It's like, how many times has this actually happened where at the end of this gigantic contract has the guy kept the same level of production? It's very, very, right. very rare. Well, you know what I mean? Like,
0: so, like... I don't know. I, I we'd have to. I would have to speak to like in a sports agent and a GM somewhere to where I could understand the contracts that are being, yeah, you know, worked on and the wording in them. But I would sit there and I'd go, yeah, you can make up to this much, but we're gonna pay you. You know, we just have negotiating rights with you for four years. That's what we we're saying. We're valuing valuing you at $100 million possibly for four years, but we have s- just the solo negotiating rights. No other team can reach yeah, out to you yeah. and try and negotiate you know, a contract. We will do that, but it's going to be year to year. Yes. Because, I mean, and this might be a bad example, but I use it because I disagreed in a, in a sense, and again, I don't want to get political with this, but Juwan James sitting out last year for the Broncos. He wasn't the injured. O-lineman. The lineman The He sat out because of COVID. That's his choice. As, you know, every human has their choice to do what they want. That was his choice not to participate. Just like me and you could choose not to go to work. Yeah. But now he's filed his grievance, grievance saying, you know, I think we still paid him. Okay. But now we cut him and he's filed like a grievance to claim the money. And I'm sitting there going, dude, I can't just not work for a whole year but then message then come my company and, and say, money. right, give me my full year's worth of salary.
1: It's like you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. <laughs>
0: so that's where, like, these contracts can be so, like, tricky is that, like, same with Ian Desmond. He hasn't played baseball in two years for the Rockies, but they're still paying his salary.
1: Yeah. So strange.
0: Like, why? Yeah. I, I have to show up to work, and again, they're different industries and everything, but I can't go into, into you know, my boss's office and say, hey... I'm not going to work for a year, but I expect all I, the money to. come I expect to my to me.
1: paychecks to still be direct deposited every two weeks. <laughs> you know, so it's
0: one of those. I would, if you know, my my dream would be to own a sports team eventually. Will I see that happening. You know, I got to win mega millions first,
1: but mega billions maybe. Yeah,
0: but I would sit there and I'd go, "We're doing," you know. I would try and restructure the idea of a professional sports contract. Yeah. and I would heavily incentivize the athlete and say. You hit all of these, you could make fifty-five million a year. Yeah, and I would even I wouldn't even put a cap on how much they could make. I would say yeah. we're gonna make a four-year contract that is all performance-based. You hit this, you hit this, you hit this, you hit this. The limit, you know, I'll limit you yeah. at a hundred million a year in your salary. Well,
1: and I think the reason why we're having this discussion and like the reason why me, if you're listening to this, me and Matt are kind of so <laughs> fired up about this. It's like, especially with football, you're talking about NFL football where. Year to year, it's so different in terms of who. I mean, you have a lot of the same faces, but there are guys who will have dominant years and then just drop off the face of the planet the next year because they got hurt or for whatever reason. Or they went a, to a r- different a variety team. Of and factors. The team's, yeah, they're in a different you know, offense. Scheme or different isn't the right scheme? Whatever. And we've seen multiple instances. Like, take for example Paxton Lynch. <laughs> how much money yeah. that guy made for how much actual production he put out into the football? Brock field? Osweiler, it's fucking insanity same thing. Broncos, there's a long list of Broncos quarterbacks <laughs> Tim who fall into Tebow. this exact fucking scenario we're Case talking Keenum. about. <laughs> list goes on. So anyway, Joe Flacco. Our our point being it's like the sh- the contracts, the way they're paid, I mean, it's literally when you see this type of shit you're like this is the reason why like normal people can't afford to go to football games. Like the reason like you can pay some guy who has like eight good games and is just a fucking bum the rest of his career. Fifty million dollars is because you charge normal people like three hundred and fifty dollars for normal ass seats that should cost fifty dollars, and you know we I mean? all
0: go to it because we just enjoy the sport that much. Or you sit at home and watch it at home. But then they're still <laughs> making money of because of a TV well, deal. And you that, know, yeah, like that's that's
1: the same. It's the thing about the NFL is the NFL doesn't give a fuck because they know they own
0: Sunday. They know it.
1: There's nothing that's going to change. I can't see no any sport in the
0: world will ever come in and say, "Yeah, I can't. We're going to get any more viewership over football. factor
1: that would take NFL off the top of the mountain." I mean, think of another
0: sport that literally owns a day of the week. I mean, it, I will say this though. Well, college football owns Saturdays, but but true. I'll say this: football is the only sport that is played once a week. Mm. NBA could play night after night yeah baseball they literally play every day of the year because they have a three thousand game schedule (laughs) football is played once a week yeah on i used to just be saturday and sunday yeah then they were like hey we're gonna throw a monday night game in and then they were like hey we're gonna throw in a thursday night game and then college is like hey we're gonna do tuesday night games and wednesday night games and Thursday and Friday night games, and now we just have football Bro, every day. when
1: the season <laughs> – we literally do. When the season was starting a couple weeks ago, because college football always starts like a week before yeah, the NFL, a week or two right? before the NFL. It was literally every day. There was like a game Monday night, Tuesday night, yep. Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday. And, and it just seems to keep And then keep into going. the next Monday. And then it's like, oh, now this week – They're gonna cut down on. They're only gonna play like Friday and Saturdays. But then now the NFL's back. So NFL's got Thursday. You got college football Friday, Saturday, college football Saturday, NFL
0: Sunday, NFL NFL Monday. Monday. And then all of a sudden college football's like we got a Tuesday game this week, and you're like back on Tuesday football. And they are like we got one day until. I mean it's
1: it's great for sports fans and football fans, but like I love football as much as the next guy. But I get footballed out, dude. If I watch like this past weekend, I watched college football almost all day long on Saturday. I watched I watched NFL football almost all day long on Sunday, and I was just like, you know what? I'm not watching Monday Night Football. I've See, had enough fucking football. For I weekend. can't
0: I can't get footballed out because I I don't just sit there. Like if it's a Broncos game, they've got my full attention. Yeah, I don't even like you've seen me watch a Broncos game. Like leave me the fuck alone. I'm I'm, I'm into the game. I'm one of those fans when my team is yeah. playing, but like college football i'll I'll sit there and watch it, but I'll do other things like i'll you know be I'll be able to be like, oh, I'm gonna miss the game I'm gonna yeah. go do this, but I can't get footballed out because when football's not on, I sit there and go, man, if only football was on today, <laughs> like a Saturday or a Sunday right after the NFL season ends, you're like it's just crickets i mean it, I'm it, a hockey yeah. fan, so I love when yeah. hockey comes on because there's always Saturday and Sunday night games usually on um t v and I'm like, yes, you know hockey, but the The weekend ends, and I'm like, I don't have an all day event to look forward yeah. to.
1: Well, have you noticed? Speaking of that, have you noticed that like when football is in the off season, so there's no college, there's no pro football. You have so much time in your schedule to like do other things. Yeah. If you're like, "Hey, I needed to run some errands during football season," you're like, "Yeah, well, there's a couple of really good college football games on during the day, so I'm probably gonna watch those." Then there's like the big Saturday night primetime game, I'm probably gonna watch that. And like then I tomorrow, squeeze in going to Home yeah, Depot. Yeah, at this time <laughs> so and this time. Tomorrow, I'm definitely watching the Broncos at eleven, and then I'll probably watch a couple of other games, and then I'll probably watch Sunday night football. You're like, I gotta go at like nine in the morning to the grocery store if or else i'm gonna not be able to go or it's i'm gonna like have to go
0: at nine at night <laughs> but then, then, then i might miss the closing of the sunday right, night game yeah. which is a really good game yeah. i'm just so not then, getting groceries outside, i can't go yeah. monday night because there might be a good monday <laughs> yeah, night, exactly. night game and then tuesday night who knows this is what know, i mean this Bethany cookman I mean. So like take stony brook to overtime and <laughs> then i'm missing an overtime game so when football season's over you're like oh i have
1: like all day saturday all day sunday to like do some stuff. <laughs> like, you wake up and you're like, just I don't sitting got sitting yeah, a fantasy like, lineup yeah, yeah. today. Yeah, no fantasy lineup, nothing to stress about. What do I do? It is really like, I mean, the reason why we're sitting here dedicating an entire podcast to football is because we love football. I just think there are some things that are, like, really... Blown out of proportion, which is like some of the contracts. It's like there's no reason some of these guys should be making this much money, right? And it's insanity. I mean, I, there are some guys who should because they right. are the best of the best. Like they're like the Patrick best, Mahomes, the half best billion they dollar do. contract. Yeah. But like there are other guys where they pay them this money, and you're like, based on what? The guy had like less than one
0: good season? Like Joe Flacco?
1: And then all of a sudden, he's you're going to pay him like he's Aaron Rodgers?
0: He's not Aaron Rodgers. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, and they're like, here, take our entire payroll. And they Flacco's literally paid like, him
1: so much, they got rid of their entire Super Bowl winning team because they couldn't afford to pay anyone else. Because they had to pay Joe Flacco. And then he was uh, Joe Flacco for the next eight years. <laughs> and uh,
0: Lamar Jackson, <laughs> entered.
1: So anyway, we got really derailed. We covered one game.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why we're not going to go score by score. But I will say,
1: true, we won't go score by score. So to to loop it back, the opening Thursday night game of the season between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers was a great was, was way to super start exciting. And by the way, uh, we'll hop to week two here in a minute. But shit, Tom Brady looks incredible for throughout the first two games of the year for being a hundred and fifteen years old, <laughs> dude. I he hate threw like guy. four touchdowns it. yesterday, in like 350 yards or something.
0: Yeah, I hate the guy, but I got to give it to him. The dude knows football, and it's just remarkable. I just don't I, understand how like people have been saying this is the like best offense he's ever had
1: years. Oh, Brady's probably done here in the next year or two. Oh, Brady's Brady, t- Brady's I, probably washed up.
0: Every time someone says that, I go, I hope so. And then I'm like, I think there's in a my, lot in my head. I'm do. like, you know, can he? Someone just tear his knee? And I'm like, <laughs> and then he, I'm pretty sure he's had six ACL. He surgeries just comes back already, and wins so. another
1: fucking Super Bowl. Last year was the most mind blowing thing to me ever because everyone kept being like, "Oh, bro, this Buccaneers offense that he's got is incredible. He's going to go back to the Super Bowl. He's going to win the Super Bowl." I'm the like, defenses bro, there's not it. a fucking chance he goes back to the Super Bowl. Not a chance. I'm like, maybe they're a playoff team, but he's not going back to the Super Bowl. Sure enough, they're in the playoffs. They make it all the way to the fucking Super Bowl. I'm like, they're playing the Chiefs. There's no way he wins the Super Bowl. They're playing the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense is just fucking insane. He's not going to win. And then they blow most out boring
0: Super Bowl ever. The Chiefs. And win
1: easily. Well, okay. I will say this. He's nine million years old. I will I say this him.
0: going into last year, I looked at that Buccaneers team and I go, That offense is is loaded. And, and it's loaded. It is get, it's a loaded. It's, it's his it's, best offense ever. Yeah. No one can argue against me on that. People are like, well, Randy Moss. And I'm like, yeah, but you have Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones Jr. Yeah, like, the, the list is, I, is so just beyond. Like
1: I, I was talking to Chuck the other day on Sunday, and I said I think the only – just off the top of my head, I haven't done any research, but just off the top of my head – Probably the only other year you could point to where he had an offense that might be in the conversation is that 2007 year where he had Randy Moss.
0: Right, but even then, you look their at offense. Their offense
1: was like, really fucking good that year. But like, but you, it's not as good as what he's got now in no, the Buccaneers, I don't think.
0: This is his best offense he's ever had. And the reason they won last year, and if you want to argue with me, go for it, is their defense. Their defense wasn't supposed to be a top notch defense last year. They were supposed to be there to win games, but not like – they're not, they're not going to beat the Chiefs type win games. And their defense was that exact type of defense. They were like, we're going to beat everybody. We're the defense that just – Well, the fact that they threw off Patrick Mahomes
1: and that Chiefs offense – to the tune of what they did, is remarkable. Right, because you
0: could argue that offense is just as is stacked. You have or, Tyreek or Hill, Travis Kelsey, they that, had that Le'Veon Bell. That fucking offense they scored had, at least 35 points in like every game yeah. last season. And then they score, what, seven in the Super Bowl or yeah.
1: ten or whatever? That's why I was so shocking. It's just like, like, what am I watching? What's happening? It now? was
0: it was all because the Buccaneers' defense was slept on last year, and they showed up and were the best defense in the league. That's why they won the Super Bowl. Best defense in the league, stacked with Tom Brady and the, the best offense he's ever had. The dude could have had a Peyton Manning 2015 type game, and they still would have won that Super Bowl against the Chiefs.
1: Dude, so you know you want to know what's funny? I'll I'll touch briefly on fantasy, but we've already discussed we're not doing fantasy recaps.
0: So this week in fantasy recap,
1: week one, this Dallas and Tampa Bay game, Taya had Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski on her team, but she had them both on the bench. Yeah, and they and she was asking for- me about both of them, and I was like, "You have Aaron Rodgers yeah, we at Lawrence Birthday Holmes. Party." Don't start Brady. Those two are obvious starts. And then I think whoever she had at tight end, I was like, Gronkowski had a bunch of games last year where he had like six fantasy points. I'm like, that guy, he's he, not the Gronkowski he, of five years he, ago. I'm last year like, he would catch on the, the ball
0: in the end zone one time. He'd be yeah. like one for six yards yes. and a touchdown. You're like, solid seven points, Gronk. Yeah, that's nice. all he
1: would do pretty much all year until the Super Bowl where he caught like two touchdowns. Right. Um so I'm like, leave him on the bench. Your other two guys are much better. And then what happens? Brady and Gronk have like insanely good fucking games. I'm like, babe, I'm yeah. sorry. And Clearly, I don't know. Everybody on
0: that about. team but Mike Evans touched the ball on their yeah. offense. Yeah, great, good thing I had Mike Evans on my team.
1: And the fact that Gronk came back and has been this good too is like just another thing that I would have never predicted.
0: Well, dude, I mean, he's just a freak athlete. Like, he is. He, he's just a freak of nature, and he's young though. He's still young. Yeah, but what, when
1: he retired, so they win the Super Bowl. He retires. guy's won like multiple Super Bowls. He's one of the best tight ends of all time. He'd had a, an insane amount of injuries. I'm like, great. Gronk, retire. Go fucking party. You're like 30 years old you know, or whatever. What You've won two Super Bowls. You have millions of dollars. Go party on yachts and go on game shows and go do pro wrestling. Whatever the fuck you want to do. And then he's like, nah, I'm coming back. And I'm like, why?
0: And, he's, and he
1: wins the Super Bowl Bro, he, first but year he, back. I'm he like,
0: came back. In better shape than he'd ever looked in his career. <laughs> it's insane. I don't get it. Well, they whatever, got millions of dollars to spend on their bodies. He
1: so. probably well, and he probably went over to Brady's house and drank whatever fucking smoothie that Brady has water in his, out his out of house. Water Holy Grail. He, literally, he. I was just about to say he gets water from the Fountain of Youth and like mixes it with fucking <laughs> muscle milk. <laughs> yeah, muscle milk and makes fucking smoothie, and that's why he's still doing what he's doing. I don't know, man. Doesn't make any sense. That guy's remarkable.
0: I don't. I don't think the Buccaneers repeat, but I definitely could see them back in the super bowl
1: dude so someone was asking me this this weekend they're like who do you who do you see in the super bowl and i'm like
0: the denver broncos you know
1: it's honestly as much as i hate to say it it would not shock me to see tampa bay back in the super Bowl.
0: well so jumping back into our discussion of the like an nfl preview type thing we can use this i I going into the season i thought if aaron Rodgers bought in with the packers i could see them making a super bowl run um
1: so far we have a as, weird – As
0: far as the NFC goes, I could see them doing it and then maybe an NFC West team like Seattle, San Francisco, or yeah. Arizona. Other than that, the NFC to me was kind of like Green Bay, Tampa, and then no one from the NFC East. I'm not worried about the Giants, the Washington football team, the yeah. Cowboys, or the Eagles. That, that that division might end in like a 7-9 season again. <laughs> so it's, to me it was Buccaneers, Packers – and maybe an NFC West team you know, would sneak in, but they all have to fight each other. After watching the Saints beat the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers look like he could care less to be out there, but he was just making his $21 million or whatever he's making, mm-hmm. I go, there is no one in the way of the Buccaneers in terms of the NFC, from what I've seen, that can slow them down to where the Buccaneers will not be back in the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the the standings by conference right now, and I'm trying to find a team that – I mean, through two games, granted, this is a two-game sample size we're looking at. I, I don't know who else. I mean, okay, so right. the top, top teams basically who are still undefeated in the NFC are Tampa Bay, San Francisco, L.A. Rams, Arizona Cardinals, and Carolina Panthers. I mean, Arizona's looked really good on offense. Um, the Rams look pretty good. And San Francisco looks much better than they did last year, but like – I I see, just, I see Tampa, Bay, Tampa Bay beating all those teams. I see Tampa
0: getting it. better because they've looked weak in these first two games. When I say weak, I'm just saying they look like there's vulnerabilities in these first couple games. They let the Falcons hang in there with them this past weekend. And the Falcons are not very good. The Falcons are my pick to end in the bottom five.
1: They can't score any points, man. Their the, offense, the offense is just
0: yeah, bad. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, I see Tampa Bay making it back. Now you get to the AFC, and I'm like, okay, well – after last week, I go, the Bills were Super Bowl contenders, but then they lost at home to the Steelers. Mm-hmm. That was week say, one, I'm wasn't not, it? Right. It was I'm, I'm week still one week one. one. Yeah. The Broncos are obviously Super Bowl contenders just because they're my favorite team. <laughs> obviously. No, we have a defense that we can contend for a playoff spot. I will say the Broncos will make the playoffs. Dude, how crazy we're is it that Bowl Bowl in
1: the contender. AFC, yeah. the only two undefeated teams left are the Raiders and the Broncos?
0: Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I thought the Titans would come out hot. They got smoked by the Cardinals last last week. Um, you know, I thought that the Chiefs, you know, were gonna be the team to to beat again, which I don't think they still aren't the team to beat. I but a I, four point yeah. home win against the Browns again. The Browns are a good team, and then I, I think mean, Kansas
1: City's definitely still the team to beat in the AFC. That would be my
0: right. But then like the Ravens losing, who did the Ravens lose to? They lost it uh, away to the Raiders. I'm like the Raiders. Like, come on. Like, seriously. So Wasn't it was that just game like an overtime game or something? Dude, that was a really fun Monday night game. I didn't
1: watch that one. I remember really that really fun one Monday that I night did game. Not see.
0: But it's one of those things. I sit there and I go, NFC. I'm, uh, as much as it pains me to say, Tom Brady back in the Super Bowl. I don't know if the Buccaneers have anything in their way. Maybe the Rams and the Packers after this past week. AFC, you could have the Ravens. You could have the Chiefs, the Browns. Um, the Titans, the Bills, and the Broncos. Yeah, they're, they're, um, the Broncos are my dark horse. Like dark, dark, dark. You dark want a little? Story. You want
1: to talk a little Broncos talk real quick?
0: Well, do I ever? I think they look not great, but pretty decent throughout the first two games. So, as I've told everybody, the Broncos need a quarterback that can take care of the ball, score between twenty-four and twenty-eight points a game, and manage the clock. We have one turnover, which cost us points because it was on the opponent's four-yard line. So we were—I'm not going to say guaranteed, but we were guaranteed at least three to points. Give up some points there, yeah. Um, but that's our one turnover we've been, from a we've tight been, end fumbling. Time of possession on offense. Has our been time is of possession has been great, which has yeah. given our defense time to rest. Yep. Which they've never had since Peyton Manning left. Pretty much. This is arguably our best defense since 2015. We've got injuries now. Chubb's out for a little while because he's having surgery again, and I don't know how long um, uh, Darby's going to be out, but it's one of those things. The team's playing as I expect them to, and people are like, well, they have the two weakest teams, you know, and they get the third weakest team or the, whatever, the weakest team in the Jets, and I'm like, yeah, but they didn't make their schedule. Yeah. Um, you got to play to this
1: schedule. I, my impressions so far have been I like the decision to start Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke a lot. Um, Every week he's made it Well But the two I, weeks He's made
0: it look Like he, a very he, smart he's, decision
1: He's made it look Like a very smart decision Because I was telling One of my co-workers Who's a big Broncos fan Before the season I'm like you know If it was me I might start Drew Locke First game or two See how he looks And then if he's not Getting it done Just pull the pull the trigger early And make the switch But I like the fact That they were just like You know what Going into the season We need to have some Consistency at quarterback And Teddy's our guy
0: I mean we also I, I have not won a game In September Since like 2018 Or whatever yeah, Case Keenum yeah. was our quarterback
1: um, I think it's definitely been the right decision. I'm really happy to see Teddy Bridgewater back as a starting quarterback and having some real success in the NFL. Um, he, he definitely deserves it. I think I'm cautiously optimistic because, like you said, we start the year playing three teams in a row who are like bottom-of-the-barrel teams in the NFL. So hopefully, if we beat the Jets next week, we start 3-0. and That always helps to win the games you're expected to win. Um, I'm just cautiously optimistic because I still feel like I would like to see us score more points. We we, we have been scoring like in the mid-20s, which is good.
0: But better than the
1: past three years. But when you go up against like the Raiders and the Chiefs and the Chargers, you need to put more points on the board. I'm just a little bit nervous that we still can't quite get our offense to like really light up the scoreboard like we kind of need to.
0: I'll ag- I'll agree with that. But then I also come back Again, to Again, it's the, early. It's only it's right. two games in, so we'll see. But, but I, I come on, I come back to, you know – they're they're putting up enough points to where the possession that they have, they're, we're not going out there and going three and outs every possession, right? Right. You know, we're we're going out there having long drives that, as long as they end in points, even if it's not a touchdown, um, but we end in points and we eat up eight minutes of clock, and our defense can go out there and then get a stop. That all adds up in terms of how well the offense is playing. I think Bridgewater is great. He's looked so poised back in the pocket that like. There's there's multiple plays. I sit there and I go, Drew Locke would have crumbled, or he would have taken the sack, or you know he would have made a bad decision. Bridgewater just looks so calm, cool, collected back there that I'm like, this dude is looking like you know, I mean he is a ex Pro ex-Pro Bowl quarterback. You know when he played with the Vikings, he was a great quarterback. Yes, he was. And he got hurt, and then he was great with the Saints when he was there, and then Carolina, I just didn't think fit him well. And now he's in an offense, which Pat Shermer was his offensive coordinator in Minnesota, where he was having good success. So now he's back within a familiar offense, which is playing very well. And after this week, we should beat the Jets. It's the NFL, so anything can happen, but we should beat them. We get, I believe we're at the Steelers and then Ravens at home. So at the Steelers will be our first test. I don't think the Steelers are anything special they have a good defense they're they're, always tough offense is just atrocious so if our defense can stop their offense from scoring seven points which i feel like we can and our offense can maintain the ball and put up you know i think the broncos win next week with 23 points again against or not next week but the week after against the steelers with 23 points because i don't think the steelers have an offense this year so so i think our first true test comes against the ravens in week
1: five that'll definitely be a tough game um Just really quickly listen to this. So I'm looking at like the AFC breakdown, the top teams, and I filtered it by point differential because I was looking at like, you know, we were just talking about how many points the Broncos are putting up versus how much they're giving up and stuff like that. So through two games, they've scored 50 points. They're averaging 25 points a game, and they've only given up 26 points. They have a point differential of plus 24, which is the second best point differential in the AFC behind Buffalo, who has a plus 28. So you got to think – it's trending positively that I think the offense does look better than it has the last two or three seasons I've watched. So if we can keep scoring at least 25 points a game and maybe tick that up a little bit higher and then the defense keeps playing at the same level they're playing, you're putting yourself in a really good position to win a lot of football games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the only teams you would really struggle against are teams that just light up the scoreboard of Kansas I think City. You know what Kansas I mean? Kansas
0: City, Baltimore... Um Buffalo, but I don't know if we play Buffalo this year. I can't remember. But it's one of those you know, and like I've said, and I think we, me and you talked about it, if we can score twenty four to twenty eight points a game, we will win a lot of football games. We're not yeah. gonna go undefeated. That's an unrealistic expectation. I don't think the Broncos are gonna win the Super Bowl this year. If they do great. But I think we could we could realistically end it as a twelve and five record and be in the playoffs. I truly think we can beat the Raiders. I think we can beat the Chargers. We could might we might be <laughs> we might be able to steal a game from the Chiefs this year. You never know. They do look, so
1: far throughout the first two games, the Chiefs look um, mortal right. this year. They're well, still really good, but they look beatable. You know yeah, what I mean? Like you, can, you stand some sort of a chance to beat them if you play right. and, with and your the game, A game.
0: As we've stated multiple times, it is early, so this, you know. Yeah, we're basically say week 8 we'll really know yeah, what's going to happen. We're basing the rest this of the all
1: season. off of a two-game sample size. So but, I mean, and, and granted, you know, something like that again, just as a disclaimer, it's like two-game sample size is really hard to tell cuz look at Green Bay's two-game sample size. Like, right. They looked like dog shit and then they looked really good. But it's then like, they okay, they looked so really good
0: against we? the Detroit Lions team. Exactly. And, yeah, and so, so you're like well, so how good is this team really? Right.
1: No one really knows. You won't know until 8 weeks from now or whatever.
0: Right. But I mean, looking at the Broncos schedule, we play the AFC or the NFC East, so we get Washington, we get the Eagles, we get the Cowboys. I don't think any of those teams are like, you know, surefire wins. But I don't think any of the well, I think we could we should beat Washington for sure. But I don't think any of those teams are you know, surefire wins for them playing against the Broncos. Like we got the easiest schedule, one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. You and I were talking about that. You pointed that out before the season
1: started. You are like, dude, our first three games. Are really easy. We and should start three and 0. we should start three and zero. And I think the fact that we started two and zero is really promising. But it's like, all right, let's keep this going because you you have to win the games that you are expected to win. Yep, because when you get to start playing. The tougher teams, like the Ravens and the Steelers, those are the ones where it's like, okay, if you lose them, at least you've still won the games you needed to win,
0: right? To and put yourself, in a, yeah, to put yourself in a positive situation for the playoffs, right? So if we could beat the Steelers, say we started the season four and zero, and we lose to the Ravens, we're right where we want to be. Yeah, you know that we're beyond where we want to be, in my opinion.
1: I think that. That little stretch there right after – so we play the Jets next week. Steelers, said, Ravens, Browns. Got Ravens, Steelers, Raiders, Browns. That's, yeah. that's going to be a tough stretch. I mean, those are some that, that, good That's teams. when
0: we will see the Denver Broncos team. Yeah. And cross our fingers they can stay healthy because if we get bitten by the injury bug, it's over. We're one of those teams, and I feel like we get bit by the injury bug, it's just over. Like, last year and the year before that. Like, our whole team just, like, falls apart. And it's just like... And it's a
1: long season. It's a longer season this year than it was it's a last year. a longer
0: season, yeah. And we've already lost Bradley Chubb, who's played a half game.
1: So, what's the word on his thing? What's he's like? having
0: a bone spur removed from his ankle. So, he's going to have oh. microscopic surgery. So, I think it's more just letting it heal properly. Yeah. And then... So, what's
1: that probably a few weeks, maybe?
0: Yeah, he said he'll hopefully be back later this season. So, I'm like, is later this season, like... You know, last four games, or? right? Like, when when will you show up? Yeah. Like, when will you be back? So, hopefully,
1: not too long. Um, the promising thing is, from what I can tell, Von Miller is looking really good so far. He's this looking
0: year. Super Bowl fifty. Yeah, he's looking like top top
1: form. So, Von Miller, s-
0: Von, if you're listening to this, which I, I know you are, stay healthy. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean. We won't be able to tell anything about anybody in the league until probably week eight, and then we'll be able to say, you know, not for sure, but, you know, these these are the good teams and these are the bad teams. Yeah. And these are the teams that you just – you got to go in and compete against. So – but, I mean, through two weeks, we've had really good games, multiple one-point games, great, you know, low-scoring or high-scoring close games. I'm just more, you know – I'm more shocked that, you know, there's certain teams that are losing some of these games. Like, I would have never pegged the Saints to lose to the Panthers 26-7. to
1: Dude, that was so weird. So I think the two teams that really stand out to me of having, like, a real dichotomy between Game 1 and Game 2 is the Packers and the Saints.
0: And they played each other Week 1.
1: So strange. The Saints looked really good Week 1 and looked terrible Week 2. And same thing, well, kind of the reverse for Packers. Packers looked terrible week one and, and looked really, really good, good last week two. Night. So, it's like, what the hell are we supposed to make of this? You know what I mean? Right.
0: So, I mean, I don't know. I'll say the person that stood out the most to me this year and who I think is the front runner for MVP right now is Kyler Murray. Dude. The dude's having a tremendous season so far through two yes. weeks that so, I would have
1: never expected. I have him in my work league, so I've been paying like I have extra attention this year than I normally do. But... Um, I was actually telling um, Caleb the other day about our discussion, how we had we broke down the Jameis Winston versus Marcus Marcus Mariota careers, and now we've made this little, not really like a wager, but like a, you're putting your money on Kyler Murray, I'm putting my money on Lamar Jackson, and we're going to see in 10 years' time who has the better career type thing. So I'm like, it's very interesting to see. Yeah, we bet a
0: Lamborghini on it, so. (laughs)
1: it's very interesting to see so far um kyler murray i think is continuing to get better and better i think the only thing with kyler murray that i've noticed that is holding him back from just being like oh my god this guy's the mvp of the league is his turnover issues yeah he still has a little bit of an issue with turnovers but the guy is like literally watching a fucking video game like a madden player out there it's insane I,
0: i will say i think he's a better passer than lamar jackson Lamar Jackson's definitely a good quarterback overall. But Lamar Jackson, I think you could pinpoint more as a running quarterback in terms of I'm more worried about him beating me with his legs. And that also goes to say Kyler Murray has better offensive weapons, in my opinion, with like DeAndre Hopkins. And the running backs are better just because the Ravens don't have any running backs because they are all left their ACLs out on the practice field. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean – Kyler Murray, dude, I, I picked him in fantasy because last year he did wonders for me. Yeah. He had a really good year last
1: year, and I, I think he's he's shown flashes of being really good in his first – what is this, year three or year four for year
0: him? Year three, I believe. Year three.
1: He's shown flashes in the first two years of being really good, but I think if he keeps up the pace he's on now, it'll be like, oh, shit. Kyler Murray's like one of the top five quarterbacks oh, in the yeah. league. That guy's really good. I,
0: I like – and I was talking with someone, I think, earlier today on it. I go, I like the ushering in of new quarterbacks.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. I love it.
0: We can't yet say that Tom Brady's out because he just signed, like, a 14-year contract. But, like, Aaron Rodgers is getting old. Matt Ryan's getting old. Ben Staff- Roethlisberger. Stafford's getting old. Roethlisberger's getting old. You know, Brady's getting old. You know, Newton's already gone. You know, we're getting into this new – it's the Mahomes, the – even Russell Wilson, you know, Murray, Jackson – Used to be Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I think Trevor Lawrence could be a hell of a player. You know, we're ushering in this new era of quarterback. And don't which
1: forget I, about, like, Justin Herbert and Josh Allen.
0: And right. Yeah. It's exciting, Th- That's man. just There's like, a lot of really good young and, quarterbacks. And they're all, like, a dual-threat type quarterback. Josh Allen can run the ball. Justin Herbert can run the ball. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, yep. Deshaun Watson – Patrick Mahomes is probably the only true pocket passer, but even he can run the ball. He's got some. He, he's athletic when he needs enough it, yeah. to run the ball more than any of the other, like Matt Ryan. Or he's he's not like a true pocket passer like right, them. He right. can run the ball. He just will beat you with his arm. Yeah. So it's like it's fun to watch this new ushering in of like out with the old pocket passing type system and in with this new higher scoring offenses because it makes the games more exciting. Let's be yeah, real. Yeah a 10 3 Super Bowl is not fun to watch. Yeah. But give me like a 48 to, you know, 41 Super Bowl where I'm like, "Oh my god, like is yeah. this ever going to end? Like who stops who first to well, win the game?"
1: And you know what I think I've noticed by watching a lot of these young quarterbacks and in even it's not even the quarterback position, sometimes it extends to some of the younger receivers and running backs we have now too. These guys have like a lot of these guys have this X factor of they're just like playmakers. You know what I mean? Like these guys are not only like insanely athletically gifted and competitive, but they're just playmakers. Like when, it, when a play needs to be made in a key situation, they step up and make a fucking great play.
0: Like Lamar Jackson. And that's incredibly
1: exciting to watch. You know what I mean? When
0: Harbaugh goes, Lamar, do you want to go for this? Lamar, do you want to go for this? Okay. Yeah. And then he gets the first down. I'm like.
1: That was the Sunday night game you're talking yeah. about, right? For anyone who didn't doesn't they know what Matt's Chiefs. talking about Sunday I'm, night they beat the Chiefs I'm
0: sitting there and I'm going as a head coach now this is this is a weird situation but as a head coach I look out at my young quarterback and say do you want to go for this and he says yes I go I'm going to trust in him then yeah because if I give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes whether I punt it or we don't get it I give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes that so was has the, Travis Kelsey Tyreek Hill <laughs>
1: that was the thing as I was listening to like Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels break it down In that situation. So for people who didn't watch the game, the situation was basically like the Ravens have the ball. There's not a lot of one at the third at the Chiefs forty. Yeah, there's not a lot of time left in the game. It's fourth quarter. They're trying to get a couple of first downs, make the Chiefs burn their timeouts and end the game basically. Because they're up by I don't know where they
0: were they they only let me see. They won by one. So they were only up by one. So they were only up by
1: one, I guess. Um and the decision it comes down to fourth and one. They basically have to get a first down in order to ice the game. Like they yeah, have, th- to. they get a first down, they win the game. If They, they get a first down the once, Yeah, they two. win the game if they. Or the alternative is you punt it away with like what a minute and ten seconds if left they, or something yeah, like they that. They
0: would have gone the ball thing with like a minute. And or you don't get it if you go for it.
1: Yeah, and you're giving Patrick Mahomes the ball back, and and, and, and the they just th- have
0: to get in a field goal range. They don't yeah. score a touchdown. The one they just thing have to get that a field goal I range. think really
1: it, there's there's there's. One thing that you can really say and point to with like certain quarterbacks who come around in the league that are like, that dude is just a fucking badass, and other teams are scared of him. Aaron Rodgers has that X factor and has in the past. Tom Brady has had that X factor in the past, and Mahomes now has it, where it's like, we literally can't give them the ball. Are willing to risk going, like losing this game, going for this fourth and one because we're so scared of giving him the ball back because there's like, you're virtually guaranteeing that he's going to march right down the field I mean, and get his team in position a, a to score. A prime away.
0: example of that is week one when the Cowboys took the lead over Tom Brady. Tom Brady had two timeouts left and like a minute 20 to work yeah. with. It's we we were all sitting on the couches looking out. at each other, and we are like, Tom Brady has a full 15-minute quarter ahead yeah. of him, and he just has to get in the field goal range. Yeah, And for some reason, and I'm not saying it's easy, but no defense in the fucking league can find out how to stop Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, or Aaron Rodgers in a two-minute situation moving the field. I'm like, I'm not saying it's easy, but like, you know they're gonna throw the ball. Yeah. And you know they only need to get in the field goal range. I think that's the thing that makes it even
1: more impressive. It's just like they know the other team's defensive coordinators and defensive T- players know what's coming and they still can't stop it most of the time Oh yeah,
0: like like even going back <laughs> with tom crazy. brady when the broncos won the super bowl in 2015 we had to beat the patriots in the afc championship game yeah yeah we were up by eight points and i'm like all right we at least can't lose this game whether they score a touchdown and get a two point we yeah. can't lose the game but why did we give tom brady the ball back with a minute that's too our much defense time was him. so good and i'm like time. okay our defense is good this year though we're going to get a stop we're going to win the game no, big play to Gronk down the middle. I'm like, can no one guard? It's like, just tackle him in the middle of the field if you have to. Yeah. Literally hold him at the line of scrimmage for a five-yard penalty, but you run some cl- time off the clock. Yeah. No, like 40-yard play. And I'm like, I'm sitting there, like, fuming. <laughs> I'm like, why? Like, just stop him. All of a sudden, they're in the end zone. And I'm like, we're going to let them tie the game, and we're not going to go to the Super Bowl. And then we luckily got a pick in the end zone because yeah. we pressured Tom Brady. And I'm like, why though? Why were we ever in this situation when it was completely avoidable?
1: It's like um, there's just certain – and as a fan, if you watch a lot of sports, there's there's like this untangible thing that you can just feel in the air when you know something's going to happen if you've watched enough basketball oh, yeah. games or football games or you whatever. You get that vibe you from like the what's vibe. happening yeah. on f- the floor. One of those vibes is what we were just talking about, which is like your team's up but not by enough to be comfortable – you're playing a Tom Brady or you're playing a Patrick Mahomes, and they have a minute and a half left with two timeouts, and you're like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all because he's going to come down. It's too much time. He has timeouts, and he has too many weapons. And sure enough, you've just seen it too many times. It's like the basketball comparison would be like your team's up by three or whatever, and you're playing against Kobe, and Kobe's coming down the court, and you're like – I don't know, man. I just got a bad feeling Kobe's going to fucking... He's just. He's got it, the look in his eyes, yeah, he's like, just going to come down it, and score. Yeah. Like, that's and then they're going to get gonna the happen. ball back, and they're yeah. going to
0: win the game somehow. Yeah.
1: And the worst, the worst feeling ever is when you're watching your team, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, whatever, and you're barely holding on to a lead, and the other team is inching back, inching back, and you're like, oh, my God, we're going to fucking blow this game and the other team ends up tying it, and then you go into overtime, you're like, we're going to lose. We, can,
0: we we need to find an Atlanta Falcons football fan <laughs> to talk about that shit.
1: Yeah, because you give... You're like we were barely going to get out of this in regulation, and now you're giving this team extra, an extra five minutes, an extra and they're, minutes, they're the whatever it is. And they're the team hot right now. They're like the team coming. They have on. all the momentum on their side. You're like we're fucked. I, I you know I can't tell you how many times I've been watching games where my team is on the other side of that and I'm like it's over. It's well, dude, we shouldn't have let them go into overtime. Another have prime Broncos
0: now. example that pains me still to this day is I think it was Super Bowl what 47 maybe. When we lost to Seattle. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. As
0: soon as that snap went over, Manning's head, oh, we lost. Bad we we lost the game yeah. because we came out and we weren't prepared. Yeah. We came out and you that was the first snap first of the snap. game. Yeah, And we came out and we did that. I was like, we're not prepared. Yeah. And, and sure they, enough, the rest of the game And, and sure enough, terrible. the rest of the game, the, the team just – that was the best offense ever in the NFL. Yeah. And we put up, what, nine points or whatever?
1: Yeah. Like – it was like 43-9 to nine or like, something.
0: Like, no bad snaps like that all season long. Yeah. Boom. Over the head, safety. And I'm sitting there yeah. going, this this is game's over. Yeah. Like, this game is over. And then you jump to 2015 when we won the Super Bowl. Von Miller gets the sack, and I go, this game's over. This yeah. defense is flying. Yeah. I mean, Cam Newton is scared. Yeah. And then you could see that in certain plays throughout the whole game. It was and just – you, you got that feeling yeah, like the you, defense is going to yeah. win this game.
1: You had a feeling like this defense has the – this season's regular season mvp and one of the best offenses in the league on their heels oh yeah from, from the get go yeah and you're like i have a good feeling about this and then i don't think a lot of people who don't watch a ton of sports know exactly when to recognize that stuff but like people who watch a lot of sports like you and i do it's like you it's all a game of momentum you know you can just feel right. especially this momentum. Like a super bowl yeah and you're like i just no matter what's happening or has happened I'm putting my money on this team because well, yeah, they, they got all the fucking whatever it is, the juju, the karma, right. whatever, on their side right now. You know and what it, mean? as
0: soon as like in, in the Super Bowl when we won, as soon as he had that sack, I'm like in my head, I'm sitting there going, we won the game. We just won the game with that defensive touchdown. You don't score many defensive touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I was like, we just won the game. But in like I'm also sitting there going, I got to be a good fan and not go. We won the Super Bowl because it's yeah. the first quarter. We didn't yeah. win the Super Bowl yet. We have plenty of football left to play. Yeah. But well, of course as soon ca- as you
1: do that, you fucking jinx it and then it, Right. It and then flips. Cam Newton, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but I'm sitting there going, we're going to get more turnovers this game and we're going to capitalize off of them. And sure enough, we got more sacks at big times, turnovers at big times, and then we finally score a touchdown and I'm sitting there going, that all stemmed from Von Miller's first sack, getting that strip fumble yep. and we recovered it for a touchdown. It just
1: sets the tone. That started it. Yeah.
0: Because the defense wasn't tired. They just got a touchdown. Yeah. And now they're putting that offense that is all drained and like, damn, like and we defeated. just let that happen yeah. right back up against them. And that defense right. is swarming. They're like, all right, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're hot. Yeah. And, they're just buzzing. And yeah. their offense is sitting on the bench like, all right, let us come in. And yeah. then they come in and they're like, all right, three and out. And I'm like, <laughs> sick, sick guys. Yeah. All yeah. right. Put that defense. Like, let's just keep <laughs> the defense on the field. They're scoring more points than the offense today. Oh, man. But, yeah, I mean, as far as this year goes, right now I'm thinking Chiefs-Bucks again, which I pray it doesn't happen.
1: That's the thing is, like, I'm never very good. I don't try and make Super Bowl predictions or anything like that because I'm never very good at it because the season's too long. Too many things can happen. Well, one injury, Tom
0: Brady gets hurt, Bucks' season's over.
1: Yeah, but I think right now, knowing what we know last year and the first two games of this year, it's like – I really couldn't fault you if you were like, "Hey, it's going to be a rematch of the Chiefs and Buccaneers." It's like, shit. I, I haven't seen anything so far that's going to tell me otherwise. You know I what mean, I
0: mean? Going back to our um, original discussion, let me find it. <clears throat> let me move all this fun stuff. We, uh, I had, jeez, there's even more shit in the way.
1: Of <laughs> course, it's the bottom paper.
0: <laughs> but I had, you know, the Ravens and Browns finishing atop the AFC North, which. So far, I think it's going to happen. I had the Bills finishing on top of the AFC East, which the Jets, you know, rookie quarterback, it's going to be a tough year for them. Hang in there, Jets fans. I think Zach Wilson could do good. But the Dolphins, Tua's out. Yeah. (sighs) The Patriots, just unknown. I think Mac Jones is going to be good for them, which sucks because I hate the Patriots. But I like Mac Jones, so they're going to have a good team in the future. So the Bills, clear-cut favorite to win that. The South, the Titans, the Colts, the Texans, Jaguars. Jaguars rookie quarterback again. I think Trevor Lawrence can be great. Just got to give him time. Yeah. The Texans lost Tyrod Taylor, so now they're starting a fr- uh, freshman quarterback. They're starting a freshman quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know he's 19 years R- old, redshirt freshman. Yeah. Um, the Colts just lost Carson Wentz to a double sprained ankles.
1: Dude, there was so many big injuries this past weekend. And
0: the Titans are look. They got Derek. I'll say this again. <laughs> Running backs, if you can, if you have a good running back like Derrick Henry and you can get your run game going, you're going to win a lot of football games. The Titans were losing to the Seahawks, and they finally got Derrick Henry going, and guess Dude, what? They won the game. Dominated. So I think the Titans, again, win the South. And then the West, the Chiefs. I thought the Raiders were going to be the worst team. So far, the Raiders are looking like the best team in the AFC West. Long season, I know. But I thought the Chiefs, the Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders is how it would finish out. And, I mean, realistically, that could still be the exact order. I yeah. mean, they all got to play each other, and yeah, they haven't played each other true. yet, and yeah. they're all playing good football. Yeah. So, I mean, I said the Chiefs-Buccaneers was what the Super Bowl was going to be. My MVP pick, and I'm still standing by this, is Stafford. I think he's gonna. He's looked pretty good
1: throughout the week. Week one, especially, he yeah. had a really good game, and then week two he played pretty solid, but not quite as good.
0: I think. I think he'll. Dude, I'm. I'm totally on board on with, with you
1: on that one. Matt Stafford's my guy. I'm. I'm team Matt Stafford this year Dude. all the way.
0: And then my Super Bowl sleeper has been the Bills, which after week one I'm like, Nyeh. but uh, you know, I think the Bills will still be my Super Bowl sleeper. That uh, like a legit chance. The Super Bowl I want to see is the Broncos and the Saints.
1: Yeah, I don't <laughs> know about that. Tough one. I, I have one. more faith in the Broncos making the Super Bowl than I do the Saints. Probably. Defensive
0: player of the year, I have Von Miller, which he's, off to he's, a good he's start. been playing. Is, you yeah. know, And then offensive player, I had Derrick Henry. But after game one, I'm like, yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's going to be a quarterback again. But then after week two, I'm like, that's all he needed to get started. So Dude, look at 2,000-yard season. Now you give him another another game, two to yeah. rack up more points and yards. Yeah. Woof. He had so a monster week. I week. will say my – offensive rookie of the year is probably going to be a quarterback and i just don't know who yet I, yeah I, maybe trevor lawrence but, it might be or
1: mac jones how has um zach wilson looked so far because i mean, good not good he just had really? four,
0: four picks in his last Ooh, week yikes
1: because I, I don't pay attention to jets football because jets football could not be more relevant to my life well, you get
0: to watch him this week so yeah i guess he, <laughs> he, that is true i think he, i might
1: i might tune in just to see like What's going on with him? He, he, you know, he, I'm
0: going to watch just Zach Wilson this week, yeah. even though he plays the Broncos.
1: Well, I haven't, I just haven't had a chance. Like a lot of these guys that are so new, I, you know, how you, you watch just your teams and then some of the games that are on primetime where you're at, and you don't end up seeing, for whatever reason, Trevor Lawrence or you don't end up seeing Mac Jones or whatever. And you're like, I kind of want to see this guy because looking at the stats gives you one impression, but then like seeing him play gives you, there's like the eye
0: test type right. thing.
1: And so I just I don't know, I kinda wanna see Zach Wilson play and see what he looks like. Again, so.
0: he's on a bad Jets team. So Dude, they, they gotta give the, him time. They gotta That's the thing is I
1: until the Jets turn around somehow from being like the worst team in the league, any quarterback who goes there who is worth his salt is gonna look rough for a while because yeah. he's just surrounded by a team that's just terrible. You I mean, know it's what I mean? Same it's with just, like the Jaguars. It's so hard to look good there.
0: They have like some good players but it's one of those things like they just don't have like a yeah, good solid just, team yeah they're
1: just not a good team
0: i think it's also funny like it's got to be
1: hard on trevor lawrence too after playing at clemson for like the last three years and just dominated. i don't know dude he
0: saw a lot of orange this weekend i mean there was a lot of orange in the stands it looked like he was at a clemson game <laughs> and they didn't even sell out i think that's one thing too you can notice there's like you know i would say Denver's a destination for football if we have a good team like we're gonna pull in big name people to come play here. yeah one you know we're going to find out on Sunday with how the Denver fan base is finally back and we're 2 and 0 for the first time since what 2017 or whatever when Case Keenan was here so it's one of those things it's like you know we finally have a good football team we're 2 and 0 and we're coming home that place is going to be rocking like yeah. football's back and this is yeah. the first time they're going to have like fans fans back yeah. in over a year so it's one of those things it's like How do rookie quarterbacks handle, you know, he was at BYU.
1: He's going to come into a really hostile environment. That's for sure. He's going to
0: come into a hostile environment, but he's also going to come into a fan base that's like, you know, a true fan base. The Jets fan base, they might have some good fans there, but they're not like, they're like, oh, he threw four picks. Get rid of him. Like, it's, dude, it's his second career game.
1: Yeah. Well, and I don't think new york's exactly known for the jets (laughs) (laughs) out of all their teams there i don't think the jets are like the team that everyone roots for you know what i mean
0: the giants will probably be number one there for football for a while yeah unless they have mark sanchez
1: it's like the giants and the yankees basically are like the teams for new york i feel like
0: yeah they got to say the knicks too well
1: and the knicks but the knicks have just been dog shit for like 20 years so
0: yeah (laughs) all the new york teams have been dog shit It's really weird, actually. You got the Brooklyn Nets, but I hope they stay dog shit. Well, the Yankees,
1: aren't the Yankees pretty solid? I don't pay enough attention to baseball. But, yeah, the Knicks and the Jets have been terrible for years now. So, Oh, well. I mean, if you're in New York, you have like 90 sports teams to root for. But also,
0: fuck you. (laughs) All
1: right. (laughs) That's
0: really aggressive. Ah, That's just how New York is. I've never been to New York, and I'm never going to New York. We were actually just – I'm not going to get into it. Never mind. That's gonna nope. Be a, <laughs> I was going to oh, yeah. go on a really weird tangent, but
1: <laughs> we're not talking about that. We're talking about football. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think I pretty much covered all I wanted. I mean, we we shot the shit about yeah. I mean, the it, NFL through week two. That's kind of all I wanted to cover. Maybe we'll um, come
0: back here in like six weeks after like week eight with more of an in-depth of how we truly feel the season's playing out and um, give you more of an honest opinion at that point instead of, uh, you know, this is kind of like a – you want to touch on college football real quick preview. before we wrap up? College football, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Clemson doesn't look like Clemson. The only team that's strong out there is Alabama. But Florida and made Florida. them look
1: weak. So what I was going to say is I watched the entire first half of Florida-Bama. So Bryce Young is Bama's new quarterback, right? He's their, he's he's their new guy. Quarterback. Freshman quarterback.
0: Making like $1.2 million. Yep.
1: <laughs> At the end of the first quarter of the Florida game, he had like 130 passing yards and three touchdowns. First quarter. Yeah. And they're up by, like, three touchdowns or more, three touchdowns at a field goal or whatever it was. And I'm like, all right. it's But, okay, before halftime, Florida gets, like, three stops in a row on defense. I'm like, okay. You know, Florida, big-time national program, SEC program, they're going to make Bama work for it. But I'm like, I still – I was just so blown away by the weapons that Bama has on offense. I mean, when you watch Bama – I got
0: another, like, 6'3", 280-pound running back. I was
1: telling Taya, I'm like – When you watch Bama, like I've watched a lot of college football through the first three weeks so far this year. And really any other team from any other conference on any given Saturday is going to be a pretty even matchup. A lot of them will. Except for Bama. They're just on this whole other stratosphere of college football. Because every guy they have at every position is like the best of the best from the country. So... They have like this amazing new freshman quarterback. They have an amazing gigantic beast of a running back. All their receivers are like the fastest people I've ever seen. They got a good offensive
0: line. Yeah, they have
1: this gigantic, really good offensive line. I'm like, they're just operating on all cylinders all the time. Like you, when you play Bama, you have to play like Florida did—the best game you're going to play all season—and even still, it wasn't enough to beat Bama. So it I was close. I though. Was they really, were a
0: two-point conversion away. I was really
1: disappointed. I didn't watch the second half because I watched the first half, and I'm game. like, I think I think Bam was just going to run away with this. I mean, Florida's you know stopping them here and there, but like I don't think that's going to keep up in the second half. And so I turned turned it away, watched something else, and sure enough, I come back. I'm like, oh, fucking sick. They only won by two. I missed a really exciting second half. But yep. um, anyway, yeah, there's been some. Uh, I think what was it last weekend? So not not this past one, but the one prior. Um, Oregon beat Ohio State. So Oregon's like looking like the real deal out of the Pac twelve this year.
0: The only team that looks good out of the yeah. Pac twelve.
1: Yeah. Um hey, my New Mexico State Aggies won this weekend, so Ooh. they're they're one and three. First beat win South in program Carolina history. <laughs> yeah. They beat South Carolina State, so one and three go Aggies. My Western Mountaineers
0: are three and oh. Hey, nice. Yeah, and I think they play Fort Lewis this week, so they should win and then they go to travel out to like the number five ranked team in car school of Mines. So Oh, great, yeah. We'll see how much they're really good.
1: Yeah, but I've been enjoying the college football. There's been some really exciting games
0: so far this year, and uh, I just like that it's. Besides, I wouldn't even say Alabama's a surefire thing this year. They, yeah, they they don't look as dominant as I expected them to. Their first two games they did, but I'm like, you played Miami, who didn't look good at all. Yeah, that's the thing. Is and like, then you played like Stony Brook or whatever, like right. some bad team. I, so I expect you to win.
1: That's the thing. Like every year, Bama is far and away the best team in the country, basically, every year. And yet, I feel like half the Saturdays I tune in in college football, they're playing like Mercer. And I'm like, why the fuck is Mercer on Bama's schedule? Why don't they play tougher teams? Got to bring in them millions. (laughs) It bugs me that it's like, why aren't they playing? I want to see Bama every week playing like a top 25 team. Because that would be the only reason it's even entertaining to watch. Because they're if they play Mercer or Stony Brook, it's gonna be sixty three to seven every time they they match up. It's not even gonna be close.
0: But I mean, like the Big Twelve, you have Oklahoma, but Nebraska, who hasn't looked good all year, they didn't, made them made Oklahoma not look good.
1: Yeah, they only beat Nebraska by like seven and points or something. Texas, or eight
0: who was supposed to be like the second best Big Twelve school, went and played Arkansas, and they got smoked the week before. Yeah. So it's one of those things. It's like, what's happening? The Big Ten you got Ohio State losing and everyone's like, Oh, they're you know, they're the cream of the crop with the big ten. Penn State's looking great. Iowa looks just fucking
1: Iowa's really good.
0: Like a team I've never seen from there before. They've always had like a top ten program, I feel like. They just couldn't get over like the Ohio State hump. Right. You know? Michigan State's undefeated, looking good.
1: Penn State beat Auburn this past Saturday. Right. Auburn looks prime, good. Prime that, was game. Game that was a fun Auburn game to watch. Auburn
0: looks good. They went into a whiteout, which hasn't happened in uh, at Penn State in, you know, what, a year and a half or whatever? Yeah. And they played till the end of the game. That mm-hmm. was a very good game. Auburn looks good. Ole Miss looks good. Florida looks good. Georgia looks really good. You know, so Clemson I'm, doesn't look good, yeah. so, like, the ACC is wide open. Florida yeah. State's 0-3, I'm pretty sure. They lost to an FCS team, Yeah, and then they lost That's to Jacksonville good. State, or, yeah. or maybe that was the FCS team. But they lost on the last second Hail Mary. Like, yeah, what is happening with some of these big-name programs? Dude, this is why college football is so exciting, is you just never know what the fuck's going to happen. My, so My th- best, like, thing for this year for college football would be, like, in Iowa, Oregon, Georgia, and – not Alabama or Ohio, like just four different teams yeah. in the college football playoffs. That would everyone's sitting awesome. there like that this, awesome. like, yeah. like Cincinnati, just maybe fre- Cincinnati sneaks blood. in.
1: Yeah. So the, cause they obviously redo the A- AP top 25 after every week. So c- coming into week four, your new top five is Bama, Georgia, Oregon, Oklahoma, Iowa. Um, so there were some teams that moved up. There were some teams that moved down teams that moved down Auburn, UCLA, uh let's see coastal carolina ohio state and clemson and oklahoma all moved down a little bit and then teams moving up you had oregon penn state ole miss byu arkansas and michigan we'll see with michigan i never really
0: know like dude michigan they come in with michigan. like a lot of hype and then they play a yeah. the big name school like ohio state and yeah. they're like hyping that game up you know oh you know, the team up north, or, like, like they don't say each other's names. Like, this yeah, huge rivalry, yeah. and then you go into it, and it's, like, 48 to 17, and I'm like, yeah. I got all hyped to sit here and watch this game at 10 a.m., and this is the shit I get? <laughs> the thing
1: with Michigan, like you said, is that they always come in as this, like, insanely hyped-up team, and, like, you have this impression in your head of, like, oh, Michigan must be really good. But then, like you're saying, they blow out all these smaller schools, but then when it comes to playing, like, real competition, like Ohio State or something like that, it's like, oh, yeah, they're not even in the same...
0: bro. Speaking of Michigan, I think it was Michigan. It's either Michigan or Notre Dame, I think. I think it's one of those two. Guess what year they first had their first ever night game at their stadium? I think it's Michigan. When? It was like, I think it was 2014 or something like that. It was the first ever night game huh uh, i think I it was guess that's true
1: they, they always seem to play at like 10 or 11 in the morning it seems like
0: but you why would, is that you would think a big school like that would have would hosted a like a prime time, game. time night yeah, game Saturday but all their prime game. time games are the 10 a.m games huh but i mean i want to make sure i want to fact check myself
1: notre dame's another one that i never really have a lot of confidence confidence in they're always like such an overhyped team who have they played so far this year Bro, I swear to God, if I click on this app, the Michigan music Wolverines ad, don't have music. a One very time, long history of playing
0: night games at Michigan Stadium. In fact, the first night game in Michigan football history didn't occur until the 2011 season. Wow. So 2011 is when Michigan had their first ever night game at Michigan Stadium. They've obviously played night games elsewhere, but. So. <laughs> what is that noise?
1: <laughs> you got some sort of ad going on? Um. Yes. So Notre Dame so far this year has they're three and oh, but they beat Florida State, who's now owned three. They beat Toledo, but by three, and Toledo is like who's Toledo? And then they beat <laughs> <laughs> And then they beat uh Purdue. Which again, like Purdue's not going to compete with Notre Dame. Right. But like Purdue's they do have Wisconsin basketball. coming up this Saturday and then they play Cincinnati after that. So those are like two real yep. games in a row. So we'll see what uh Notre Dame's all about. One team that we were I remember we were talking at the beginning of the year going over the top 25 rankings and one team that I said I didn't have a lot of faith in just by eyeballing it was North Carolina. And sure enough, North Carolina, I watched their very first game and they dropped their first game to Virginia I, Tech. And it's uh who's I don't know what's the quarterback's name they have. It's he's supposedly some Heisman front runner this year, but I don't they know. lost to Virginia Tech 17 to 10 and they have won their second two games. They beat Georgia State and then Virginia, but mm, Georgia State and Virginia. Yeah, real tough teams. Um but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I uh, I just don't have a lot of confidence in teams like that. There's just certain teams where I just off the eyeball test, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not counting on them to be making any noise at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. I, I don't know. I love college football because it's just there's a lot of unknowns and yeah, I'm looking forward to that because it this year truly seems like an what, unknown year. What are the
1: odds that we end up with Georgia and Bama in the college football playoff again?
0: As long as Bama doesn't win, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm just kind of over the Bama. Like I, I yeah. want some new teams to usher into this you know yeah the franchise of college football so, so
1: one one quick thing one final note i guess before we wrap up but one thing i'm i'm interested in in over the next 10 to 20 years of my life watching college football and nfl football and all that kind of stuff is what is going to happen to the bama program when nick saban eventually leaves I'm very curious to find out what happens to that program. I'll just
0: say it depends who takes over because people questioned Ohio State when Urban Meyer left, but uh, I think it's Ryan Day took over, and And they didn't miss a beat. So it just depends who takes over. And, again, Alabama is going to be the most coveted job out there. Yeah, So they're going to be able to pick whatever coach they want. A lot of people think that Dabo Sweeney, when Nick Saban retires, will move from Clemson to Bama. Ah.
1: So, uh, yeah, I guess my thing that I'm wondering about is – how much of it – it's, like, it's kind of like the Patriots discussion of, page, uh, of Nick – or sorry. Um, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Like how much of that success was Tom Brady? How much of that success was Bill Belichick? My thing that I'm going to be very curious to find out with Bama is like how much of it is Nick Saban and how much of it is that he has just built this self-sustaining machine there right, where they get all you, the you best just, recruits You just answered in. your
0: own question. You go, how much is it Nick Saban or how much is it he's built? So you, well,
1: but what I'm saying is, like, if he leaves, does the machine continue to be self-sustaining, no, or is it, it him that's drawing everyone there?
0: To me, it would be him because the coaches recruit, right? I don't go to Alabama just to say I played for Alabama because Alabama was irrelevant, right? Yeah. Like CU, CU to me is a destination school. They they put a shit ton of money in their football program, but they don't have a winning culture. Yeah. Right now. They, they, they were a national champion. Yeah, yeah, they used to be a top-ten team constantly. They were bringing in recruits because coaches, you know, they were the a team to beat. That faded away, so people quit coming here. Nick Saban leaves, depending who they bring in, if it's a, someone that players don't – like, if they bring in Dabo Sweeney, of course it's going to keep moving. But yeah. he also has his own legacy with Clemson right. that it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, but if he leaves Clemson and they don't bring someone big in, like Florida State, they had Jameis Winston won a national championship, right? Yeah. Then they fire uh, Jimbo Fisher. Now Florida State's been irrelevant since. That is true. You know, that that to me is a destination school. Yeah. But no, they're irrelevant. They're losing. They're zero three this year, losing games they should have never lost.
1: Yeah, and and that's why, like, I think it's such a it's going to be such a curious case study. Because you've had multiple instances of programs, like take for instance Texas or USC or Oregon or Florida State, where like in the past have been national championship level teams and programs year in, year out, and then their coach, their big coach leaves and that program falls I mean, from I'll, the top of the I'll, mountain I'll down use, to the bottom of the heap. I'll use but Chip Kelly at the Oregon. One, the one team that has not really had that has been Bama. So it'll be interesting to see happen. Like, does the rule that applies to everyone else in college football also apply to Bama, or are they like an exception to the rule? You know, I what think
0: I mean? they're an ex- they might be an exception depending who they bring in. Yeah, it it all depends on who they hire because if they hire someone that can't keep the winning culture there, yeah. Then, then it's just it's gonna just fall apart. The yeah. kids are gonna want to go to the next big school. Yeah. Right? Because Alabama before Nick Saban got there was, you know, I would say an average team. Mm-hmm. He took that job and all of a sudden it was just like Alabama, Every Alabama, year, Alabama. And man. I'm like, when did Alabama become so good? And it was like you look when Nick Saban got there, from then on, it's just been Alabama.
1: Well, and you know, obviously I'm not discrediting Nick Saban's coaching ability at all. I'm just, I'm just I'm I'm raising the point of like Maybe you could plug in a guy who's not quite as good of a coach, and if you still have the same level of recruits every year, you might not miss a beat. You know right. what I'm saying?
0: But but they've got to be a good enough coach to recruit the good enough players yeah. to keep that high level yeah. of, of yeah. you know the athletes there. Like the guy did. W- what I was going to say, the guy
1: did win a championship at LSU. So I mean, right. The guy's proven he can. To Alabama. He he can win outside of Bama. Right. He's, he's proven he can. So he's I'll he's take a this.
0: Urban Meyer moves on from Florida. Yeah. Great program. You could argue they were the best, you know, program at the time. Yeah. They kind of drop off. Yeah. Right? They're not as – Yeah. They're still good, but they're not like national
1: championship every year. kind of. They
0: bring in a couple coaches. Nothing's worked now. They have a good – I can't remember who their coach is right now, but he's building a, a program with strong culture that is bringing in good players, and you can see that with this last week's game against Bama. Yeah. It's all about who you bring in to build a strong culture. Hmm. If Nick Saban leaves and they don't hire the right guy to continue that, Bama's gonna fizzle into a mediocre team yeah. or like an average team.
1: I think it's gonna be so interesting to watch what happens. And then
0: it'll there. become who's the next big ticket.
1: Right. Right? Yeah, and then and then who fills that void of like now Bama this big colossal force is gone. Right. Who, so fills who fills that void? Is it in? Georgia? Is it Clemson? Is it someone else? Or is it
0: like Cincinnati that just right. comes in out of the blue? Or and, Iowa maybe? And, <laughs> right. So, so it's one of those things like it's it's all about the culture and the coach in college in my opinion. Because if you don't have a good coach and you don't have a good culture, kind of like how CU is, I, th- I think Carl Durrell is a good coach. And they're building a culture, but it's going to take a couple years.
1: Dude, okay, real quickly, what's up with your CU Buffs? Because two weeks ago I watched them only lose by three points to like a number eight ranked Texas A&M We're starting team, a freshman quarterback. Would they
0: play this last week? Um, Minnesota. Minnesota. And they didn't like. They didn't even score a point. Yeah, they? we didn't have more than 50 yards of offense, I don't think. The fuck is that? Their, their offense is bad, and it's just plain and simple. I, I think we've got a good team. I think we've got good players, but – you got to play a f- solid football game yeah. all around. You can't just leave your defense on the field and the yeah. offense. Like I said, I don't even think they like truly. I don't think the offense had more than fifty yards. I think you're right because some, some a or couple like other CU yards. fans in my life were telling me that.
1: Well, and I, I I didn't I couldn't tell if the offense was bad or not two weeks ago because it's like you play Texas A M, and Maybe their defense the is insanely good. Was like, bad. I I don't know if they only scored seven points because Texas A and M's defense is just lockdown or if their offense sucks, but. From what you're saying, it sounds like the offense kind of sucks. Yeah. And then turn around and play Minnesota and don't score. We we have
0: really good running backs, but like the O -O line just looked like they didn't show up. It's like they put like two water boys out there and said, snap the ball and then let your quarterback get hit. (laughs) So, I mean, it sucks because I like CU. You know, I've, I never, I didn't go there, I'll be honest, but that's like the team. I've always grown up cheering for them. I wanted to go there. I followed my track career somewhere else, you know but they they're my team and it sucks that they've been like we had a really good year. We were number 10 in the country, went to the Alamo Bowl, then got blown out by Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Then we lost that that team because they all were seniors. But they had stuck together, they built a strong culture that they played so good when it came to team football. Then that disappears when they all leave and then they've had, you know, different coaches since then and it's one of those things is like it's all about the culture and who you bring in to bring in those kids. If I could if I was a coach out there and, you know, I had to compete with Nick Saban dropping 25 championship rings on a table in front of the number one recruit, but I'm sitting here going, we have a better school. Look at our campus. You know, look at this area. Just think, think to yourself, what would you rather have? If I'm a 17-, 18-year-old kid walking in there, and now that they can make money, I'm going in there going, they're offering me, you know, $1.5 million in an NIL deal. And he dropped seven championship rings on the table.
1: You can't compete with How that.
0: are you going to take me from Alabama to CU? CU yeah. so could be like, well, we could offer you a $750,000 NIL deal or something. You know, CU is a very prestigious school. There's a lot of big names that go there. They've got plenty of money. They might have more money than Alabama. But are they going to fund somebody like that if they don't have a winning culture? Am I going to get the number one recruit to come here? Maybe. If I'm a good salesman as a coach, yeah, and then it's all about how you take that number one recruit and you turn him into building your program, yeah. So it's to me, it's all about the coach. If Nick Saban leaves and they don't bring in the right guy, bye bye Alabama, bye I can, bye I dynasty. Can see,
1: I can see the the machine, the self sustaining machine, just continue to chug if they bring in a guy like Dabo Sweeney. If, I can see that right, we're and, like, and he's not, already have his legacy of a national a championship winning yeah. coach at. But like Clemson. if it's someone else, I don't know.
0: It really depends on Grind who is. day
1: if he goes from Ohio State to Bama. I don't know. I don't know what happens there. Right. I mean,
0: he has a good culture with Ohio State, yeah. but the Big Ten is different than the SEC. It's a totally different conference. And, and you know, a prime example of this, I think, is Chip Kelly at Oregon. The dude built culture at Oregon. Yeah. He built teams at Oregon. Went to the NFL. I think he kind of got exposed in the NFL. Yeah. He's at UCLA. They got all hyped up this year. They beat USC. Or, no, they didn't beat USC yet. They beat Stanford and – Who'd they be? they beat LSU. That's who the big name. Oh, they beat LSU. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And one. and then they jump from not ranked to thirteenth, and then they just lose to Fresno State. So <laughs> it's one of those things. is like Chip Kelly has a big name, yeah. but why isn't he building a program like UCLA? Again, UCLA, yeah. massive school, tons of money, great location for kids to want to go in LA. What's happening? Yeah. So it's it's all about the culture and who the coach comes in. I don't think there's any coach out there, maybe besides Dabo Sweeney, that could replace yeah. Nick Saban and keep the success.
1: He's the one guy that comes to mind where it's like now he he's, he seems like a very obvious fit there.
0: Now, when he retires, because he's not going to get fired and he's not going to just quit abruptly, he's going to retire. How does the Alabama – if I'm an Alabama fan, you have to learn to tamper your expectations – if I'm an Alabama right. fan now, right. I go in every year going, we should win the national championship. Yeah, and you can have a legit saying to say that. National championship or bust every year. If he leaves, you got to go. Hopefully, we can get back to the national championship, depending who they hire. If they hire yeah. Dabo Sweeney, they're, you know, same shit. We should win the national championship. Yeah. If they if they hire some guy that some people have heard of, but he's not like, you know, a house name, I go, I got to tamper my expectations down. Yeah. Hopefully, we win the SEC West. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll go from there. Yeah. Because okay. they're all going to go, yeah. oh, we're national championship bound. And then they're going to go, you know, And then if they know, don't make the, the college football playoff,
1: and yeah, then they just, everyone loses their minds.
0: Because I think they went 10-2 one year with Nick Saban. I don't think they made the college football playoff. And it was like, fire Nick Saban. Like, get rid of him. And I'm like, who are you going to bring in? Right. And Who's then, like, the next, like, five years, you win national championships. Yeah, what the yeah. fuck? What do you mean? <laughs> fire Nick Saban. You're 10-2. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to football already now. Now it's Tuesday. Got fucking two more days to go. Right.
1: Yeah. I've, I've been enjoying this college football season, and the NFL season has been really exciting so far through the first two weeks. So
0: I've just been enjoying football. Yeah. Just love it.
1: I'm also 2-0 in both my fantasy leagues, so I'm happy about that.
0: I'm 2-0 in and one and one and one in the other. Not bad. So we'll see. It only matters in our league until the playoffs. All yeah. you got to do is go one and zero week one in the playoffs. And yep. but speaking of that, I need to get with Zach to get plaques made. I have the Sacco Okay. Uh, above my
1: yeah, text him because I don't know. I haven't microwave. heard a fucking peep about what's going on with the trophies, yeah because so.
0: it's Brandon Stevens. Congratulations on being the worst team last year. No, I have a ball sack trophy above my microwave. <laughs> All right, should but, we wrap uh, this up? Yeah, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Um, sorry we didn't get an episode out last week; just life happened, and you know, we're here now. So, thanks for tuning in. We'll get an episode out hopefully next week. Um, I think we're gonna do probably something on technology. That was their idea. We just couldn't narrow it down. I'm thinking we do something on like technology and its advancements in the last 20 years, because we can kind of touch on that since we've, you know, that's kind of our era of technology. And I kind of think we can just have, like, a free-floating conversation about it because we can go from dial-up internet and cell phones to, you know, where we're at with, like, Teslas and stuff like that. (laughs) So, you know, it might be a broad topic to start with, but we'll just kind of hit some fun points, and that'll, I think, leave it open to some open discussion in another episode. So, um, yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Till next time, everybody.